Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Future Tech Podcast. I'm Juliet Lamar, and with me today is Sebastian Kovinich, and he is the founder and CEO of D-Local. Welcome, Sebastian. Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm doing excellent this morning. Um, well, why don't you go ahead and start us off by giving us an overview of what D-Local is and what you do. Sure. So basically what we do at D-Local is helping uh, international companies sell and get paid uh, locally in emerging markets. Making it a little bit easier, it means that if a company based in the U.S wants to get a user in Brazil to pay them or a user in India to pay them, we allow for uh, that given user to pay with a local payment method uh, and while the U.S. company or the European company is still receiving the money uh, wherever they are based. So basically, we are bridging the gap that exists between users in emerging markets who want to buy uh, services or goods online from international companies, but unhappily, they still don't have an international payment method and that's a, that's a bridge we, we built. Wow, so you really are helping countries that maybe don't have the, the same access to tap into a market that a lot of us have already been living in. Yes, sure. So when, when, when one lives in the U.S., and we all assume that it should be easy to pay for uh, Amazon or for ads in Facebook or buy your Netflix subscription, that's not necessarily that simple when you're based in India. Uh, why? Because it might happen that you don't have an international credit card uh, and therefore, you don't have, as a matter of fact, you don't have an ability of paying. So we, we, we do 
two things at the same time. We, on the one side, we are allowing users to gain access to the the, the, the international uh, e-commerce, but on the other side, we are allowing international companies uh, actually getting paid. So they know they do have customers sitting not only in the U.S. and Europe, but all around the globe, uh, and they want to make sure that those users uh, are being uh, served uh, also from a payments perspective. Wonderful. So when a company comes to you and they want to get their company started and, and grow and, and get this kind of payment plan set up, walk us through the steps of getting set up. Sure. So we the, the way it works is uh, there, there, there's two sides of what we do. Obviously, the, there's the, the money flow and then the information flow. So from a technology standpoint, it's super easy. It's one API, uh, which gives them access today to 160 payment methods. So the idea is that they don't need to go to each one of the markets and generate an integration with each one of the payment methods. We'll give them one single access point. That's from a technology standpoint. Uh, and, from a con- and from a financial standpoint, we do need to sign a contract with, our, with ourselves. Uh, and everything, all the, all the money flows and all the, all the funds which are being collected in each one of the markets are going to be settled through one single uh, point as well. So we are basically made, trying to make it as easy as possible. Keep in mind some of the companies who work with us uh, have decided that they want to expand to 15 markets in one year. And obviously, some might afford to do that by themselves, but a lot of others uh, do need support. Uh, so we help them expand their reach and how much they can expand uh, in, in, in a shorter period of time. So do you help them also plan maybe in a way how to expand? Like, would you give them advice saying, well, maybe we wait on this one, but we expand here instead. Do you kind of give that sort of advice to companies as well? So we we, we are we are highly consultative with our with our merchants. Uh, obviously, there's 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 a piece of the of the of the game that we see, and there's some other stuff that we don't see. Uh, what we do recommend them a lot is okay. These are the markets which have the higher friction, so this should be the the markets where you should see uh, the higher growth or, or the high incremental growth should you implement something local. Uh, we always say that going to a market, it's never a payments decision. Uh, so it's never payments driving uh, whether you want to open up uh, your service in Mexico, in Brazil, or Argentina. It's always a wider decision. We just make sure that the payments won't be the bottleneck uh, and, and they can focus on, on all the other many challenges they have. Of course, because this is only one small part of running a business is the payment. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's a small part. So, it's not the fancy part. <laughs> Typically, payments are, are given for granted. Yes, if we open up shop and we're going to be receiving payments, which is the way it should be, by the way. Uh, but unhappily, in today's world, there's still a lot of friction, uh, and we are trying to make it as easy as possible. Do you have any stories of companies that you've seen grow that you'd want to share with us? Any any great success stories that you have? Yes, sure. So, look, on, on the SaaS space, we, we do see... On recurring models, it's where we see the most uh, the most incremental growth. Uh, there's an antivirus company called uh, Avast uh, that uh, I, I was seeing their numbers the other day. They, Latin America, for instance, became their biggest market. They are originally from, from Czech, Czech Republic, so they didn't have any natural advantage to win in Latin America, but they did have an amazing product. So what we've been doing for the last three years now is working together, making sure that, one, their users get... Uh, alternative payment methods, meaning if you don't want to pay with a credit card because you're afraid that it will get, it will get debited every every month, will allow you to pay with cash methods or will allow you to pay with bank transfers so you get full control of that. At the same time, we want to make sure that credit cards are being accepted the right way uh, and, you're, and you want to make sure you are receiving the right amount charged in your account. One of the big challenges users have in emerging markets is that sometimes things are priced in dollars. 
so they don't know exactly how much they're going to be paying at the end of the month. So they don't know whether their subscription is going to be costing 10 pesos or 15 pesos or 14 pesos because currencies do move a lot. So what we make sure is that users will see exactly the same amount being charged in their accounts every month. In the case for Avas, that uh, the result of that is that today they have something like 85 million subscriptions across LATAM, uh, which is something where it's, it's obviously... Uh, very relevant. Excellent. I mean, and you're you're taking out a lot of the guesswork for these companies. Uh, we hope we do. Yes, uh, that's what we do today. Uh, the the Julian, one more thing is that we go local, uh, so our merchants do not need to go local. So that means that in every market where we operate, and that goes from Argentina to Mexico to India to Morocco to Turkey, we always have a local entity, a local subsidiary, uh, and we all have our boots on the ground. So meaning, it's impossible for anyone to be aware of regulation in 14 different markets uh, or 15 different markets, but it's possible if you have one single partner. So what we are doing is consolidating all the information flows uh, and, and getting it to them uh, in one single point. Exactly. You're not, you are not just giving someone a blanket that might work. You are, you are there, you're in the, in the trenches with these people, understanding how their economy works and their daily struggles that they are encountering as a business. It sounds like you really do we care. Are, <laughs> look, we are in the trenches. There's no other way. And happily, uh, doing business in emerging markets is challenging. I'm originally Uruguayan, uh, so I come from that side of the world. Uh, and, and we do recognize that there's no way you can do it from the outside. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, it. That's, that's exactly what we, what we do all day. That's fabulous. And, and the connectivity that that brings, just the understanding and connectivity that brings is going to provide a wealth of knowledge that you would never have without doing that. Uh, yep, exactly, exactly. There, there, there's one more, sec- I would say, softer uh, effect which is the following. When you go to a cashier and you see that your merchant or your, let's say, uh, you go to Netflix and suddenly you see that you have local payment methods, that makes the user feel that this is a local company and that if I have any mm-hmm. travel, I'll be able to call someone. Uh, so it's not this foreign company, which I don't know how I'm going to interact. These guys are offering me local payment methods. I know what I'm doing. It's the same way I pay to the grocery store or for the or for the utility bills, and it makes it much, much easier for them to trust. It's, it's almost as if you're having a small town feel, but also globalizing and connecting. It's, you're doing both. You're expanding their business worldwide, but you're still giving them a small community that that really is what people trust. Yes, we're, we're global lo- localizing, or, or, or I'm not <laughs> sure what is the right word, but we're at the same time, we're helping companies go global by going local. I love it. I love it. I think that that is what people need. You know, we need more human interaction and human contact and meeting people on their own terms and their own ground. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about different payment methods. Are you looking at all into people using cryptocurrency? Is that at all in your method? Look, we, we are personally big fans of crypto. Uh, actually, we are very early adopters. Uh, the thing is, crypto is not popular yet as payment method in the markets where we operate. We, we, we've learned to be very agnostic, so we don't educate the market. And that means that in some of the markets, we are still supporting cash methods, which are based on payment slips, and you need to go and pay at the grocery store. For us, mm-hmm. uh, we, would, we, we don't think that's the most optimal payment method on earth, but we still offer it. Why? Because users want to pay with it. Uh, we have yeah. done tests around crypto, and the truth is that by any means, it's still relevant. Obviously, we're still going to be looking at it because crypto will help us solve a lot of the friction around the payment methods being different in different markets. But so far, unhappily, uh, we haven't seen much traction. Excellent. So how did you get involved with this, with this company? You know, how did you come up with this idea? <laughs> Look, uh, by chance, uh, that's the honest answer. Uh, we, we knew living in Latin America that uh, allowing users 
that users weren't weren't able to pay. That's all we knew, uh, and we knew that uh, it was becoming more and more popular buying online. I remember having, I did have an international credit card, uh, and I remember uh, that I would, uh, my friends would borrow that credit card uh, and make their payments, and then they would pay to me uh, in local currency. So what we realized was that there was one need. We first started in Brazil. We thought it would be a it would be a relevant market, uh, and what we saw was that. Okay, this wasn't only a, a problem me and my friends had, but it was a problem which was very general, uh, and not only about Brazil, but about first we thought it was only Latin America, and then we thought it was, uh, and then we realized it was across all emerging markets. Uh, so it was an evolution. Uh, we first thought that cre- that only cash methods would be relevant, and then we realized that there were installments to be done, that there were bank transfers, that there were some wallets which are relevant. So we've been learning a lot, but always with the same vision of saying, okay, we need to make sure that the gap between emerging market uh, and international companies, uh, it's getting smaller and smaller. Exactly. That's that's a great story that you <laughs> that you saw it working firsthand in just such a micro way and then you had the idea to turn this into into a business. That's incredible. Uh, yep. The, the, that's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, but, 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 but I guess I guess this is on, on, on the payments industry and, and again, in, in emerging markets, payments industry is very wide. We, we we do operate in in what one can call a niche, a growing niche, but still a niche. Uh, another example of of the of the type of expansion we've done uh, three years ago. Drive uh, well, I'm, I'm forgetting the word, but the Uber and Lyft of of this world starting to become relevant in some of the markets where we operated. So we then realized that there were two challenges: one is getting paid from the end user, uh, but at the same time. Uh, there was a challenge to pay the driver, uh, and that's the product which is globally called Payout, which ha- which we had no idea that existed. Uh, and suddenly we saw ourselves doing the opposite flow. So we saw ourselves not only allowing user, users to pay, but we now allow companies to pay uh, an Uber driver on a, or a shared or a host that rendered their house in one of the marketplaces or a freelancer. So again, once again, just by looking at the market, uh, we found a whole new a product which is which today is extremely relevant for us as well. Do you think that new companies are going to emerge through this new ability to pay? I feel like you know that uh, there's give and take each time, right? There's a need and then you fill it. But also, once there is a solution, there becomes more businesses. Do you think that's also going to happen? Look, I would love to tell you yes. Uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I would say the humble answer is that it, it seems to be a little bit too much. Uh, we 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 see ourselves as the infrastructure. Uh, the infrastructure is now there. Obviously, when you have the infrastructure, things should flourish around it. Uh, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put that merit on us. Uh, we are just trying to solve uh, a problem and make it, it uh, and taking it out of the mind of those who are trying to go global. That, that's it. Exactly. So, where where do you see your company going in the next three to five years? So, where, where do we see ourselves going? We 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 there, there's still market expansion to be done. So today we are open in 15 markets. Uh, I think at the end of the day, we should be the preferred payment partner for everything which is not Europe and the U.S. Uh, there are great players uh, working in the U.S. and Europe, but when you start looking into other markets, it's slightly more challenging. So in five years' time, I see us operating both in payments and payouts across uh, Latin America, Africa, which is a definitely area, a, a big area of growth for us, uh, Middle East, APAC, uh, and we want to make sure that we make all that simple. Uh, so uh, we are helping today. That, that, that's one side of our growth. The other side is that 
today we, we work with some of the biggest online companies in the world uh, and they are all leveraging our solutions to grow. So a lot of what we do is just wave, uh, their, just surf their wave, meaning some of the bigger marketplaces have been growing at crazy rates. And the truth is that since we process payments for them, we also see those rates. So as long as we are giving a good service and we are staying focused on what we do, uh, I do see us uh, growing that way. That's, that's incredible and, and such such a realistic, reachable goal. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so what is the biggest lesson that you have learned by working at this company? It's a good question. I've learned quite a few. Uh, <laughs> so one of the biggest lessons uh, that, that I always, every time we open a new market, we fly there. Uh, and we go and we we don't we've we fly quite a few times before we we find a country manager and, we, and every time I fly back home I say wow how tough is uh, and I and I call uh, our COO and I complain I say Hako this is a nightmare uh, it's uh, regulators are slow and payment methods are are not there uh, but I then remember to myself that if it weren't if that weren't the case we wouldn't have a bit uh, and we wouldn't have an opportunity so every time we find something which is tough at first obviously we suffer and I would sometimes love things which are a little bit easier uh, but at the end of the day that's where we thrive as a company so we are constantly looking for problems and that's something we do a lot with our merchants we go to to their offices and we say okay wh- what's the next headache what what's the next big thing that that's a headache for you uh, and that's the that's the market where we we we, we decide to go as an example we launched india uh, two years ago india was go- setting up shop in india was extremely challenging uh, why did we do india because india was challenging uh, and if, and we knew that if it was so complicated for us, it would be for everyone else. Uh, it's exactly the same example as Morocco. It's exactly the same example as Egypt. We are now fighting for Nigeria. Uh, so that's that's one of the big lessons we've learned. Wow. Um, how can people get connected with you? Where's the best way for, for clients to come to you and for people to connect with these uh, local vendors? Sure. So dlocal.com is our website. Uh, so all the information is there. Uh, I'm always on LinkedIn. So happy to 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 connect there as well, uh, and we are around. So we are we have offices in San Francisco, we have offices in Tel Aviv, in the UK, in Shenzhen, in China. So we should be easy to reach uh, for any basically no matter where the company is based. Absolutely yes, I see here some of the markets that you're in. So we can just go over them: as Brazil, Mexico, Argentina. Colombia, Peru, Uruguay, Chile, China, Turkey, and the EU, just to name a few. That's already such a yep. wide net you are casting. <laughs> yep, that, that's where we're kind of spread around. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, any closing statements for our listeners? No, I would say every time we, we speak about the emerging markets, we, we all speak about the challenges and how tough it is to do business there. Uh, but I always like to end on, a, on an optimistic tone. Uh, the opportunity is massive. There's, there's massive things to be done. Uh, it's still very much a greenfield, uh, so people shouldn't be afraid and should give it a, a real chance uh, when when their when their time comes. Absolutely. Well, Sebastian Kavanach from G-Local, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Of course. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s and the dot-com boom in the 1990s. 
and the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first. In their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.